When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anthony Sabatini, who's running for U.S. Congress, but is serving in the Florida House of Representatives. Please introduce yourself, my man. Sure, man. I'm a state representative in Central Florida, uh, most conservative elected official in the state legislature, fighting the left on everything from wokeism and, uh, you know, just everything you see happening in Florida. We're part of that ending the COVID tyranny, uh, fighting back against illegal immigration, the insane, purposeful illegal immigration that Biden's created. Uh, fighting CRT in the schools, all the stuff you see, uh, you know, we're in the thick of it down here. And, you know, I'm a strong supporter of our governor, Governor DeSantis, and uh, we've just passed a bunch of really good bills. And I'm running for Congress because I think uh, what we need to do in D.C., you know, what the Republican Party needs to do needs to be a lot more like what we're doing here in Florida. So um, I guess just right off the bat, you know, I've, I've interviewed Dr. Robert Malone several times before. We've talked about vaccine mandates till we're blue in the face. I've had him on here with Joe Kent, with Mike Durant. Um, those have all been fantastic, but I feel like there's kind of like a bigger thing now, and it's whether or not, I mean, mandates are one thing. It's a whole other thing when it seems like half the country is uh, foaming at the mouth for us to set off World War III in the Ukraine. And I know that's kind of a much bigger beyond the immediate scope of Florida politics. But if you are going to that U S position, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Cause we, ju- I literally just finished up an episode right before this with a former Delta force guy. I've, I've interviewed Marines that were at Kabul airport. I've, and these are, you know, these are conservative guys. These aren't guys who shy away from military force. And, um, I actually got to meet Joe Kent just the other night and you have that guy, right? Green Beret, uh, you know, lost his wife KIA in January 2019. You have all these guys that on paper should be war hawks who are saying, no, like this is this is the end of the world and this is not our fight. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are very clear and very simple. I subscribe to the America First foreign policy agenda. I'm a non-interventionist. Uh, when it comes to Ukraine, I believe we need to be watching very closely, observing, thinking about our options. But at this point, literally doing nothing. I think... Uh, even the economic sanctions we've engaged in might have gone too far. We we're provoking Russia into uh, a war, which would have been about a small piece of territory that had nothing to do with their national interest. And now it's becoming something very different. Uh, I'm totally opposed to the war hawks like Dan Crenshaw and these guys that are trying to beat the drum to try to get us to come closer to creating conditions where it's more popular for us to be involved in a no-fly zone. That's what it's about. They're not explicitly advocating a no-fly zone yet. Uh, an American run no flies on yet, but they're trying to basically tiptoe us towards that point and uh, bringing Zelensky on and, and trying to inflame public opinion with his appeals and some of the lies he's told um, and um, trying to find other options to get us to get involved. For example, pushing Ukraine to send uh, um, aircraft into Ukraine to engage against Russia with our tacit support because if NATO and the United States said that would be okay and gave tacit support to that, that would increase the conditions from which uh, people, I think, in this country would feel more comfortable with the military conflict. They're trying to drum up public opinion for their side. 
is what's happening. They know they can't do it in one fell swoop. So uh, we need to be honest about what the neocons and what the you know left is doing and what the deep state is doing. And we need to counter it every turn. So I'm totally opposed to being involved in any way, shape or form with the Ukrainian conflict. And like I said, we need to be observing and monitoring the situation, but we should not be uh, engaged. We shouldn't be, you know, ra saber rattling, which is what's happening right now in Congress. And even this insanity where the Congress is, you know, flying the Ukraine flag everywhere and just doing everything they can to sort of metaphorically poke Russia in the eye. I, I just think it's, I, I think it's detrimental to the situation we're in. I mean, the stakes are really high. We could have an actual hot war with Russia. They got nothing to lose. We've already declared war on them economically. And uh, I think if we go any further, bad things are going to happen. And so I'm opposed to all of that. I'm, I'm just a classic America first, hands off, walk softly, carry a big stick kind of guy. Yeah. And <clears throat> the idea of not being involved doesn't mean stick your head in the sand. It just, like you said, watch closely, but at the same time, understand understand what this is. A, a no-fly zone isn't a button you press. It's not a profile picture you change to say, I stand with no-fly zone. It's a direct intervention with Russia. Russia is not Iraq. Russia is not Afghanistan. Unlike those, they actually have weapons of mass destruction, not just nuclear. I've interviewed Ken Albeck before, Dr. Ken Albeck, the first deputy director of the Soviet bioweapons program. He defected to the United States in 1992. They were putting smallpox and Ebola on cruise missiles in the 80s. These are actual WMDs. This make COVID look like a joke. And again, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you're heartless. That doesn't mean that you don't feel for the people in Ukraine. I get it. I also feel for the people in Africa who are under the thumb of a warlord. All right. But there is also a point where we just spent 20 years, 7,500 American lives, not to mention 1.5 million civilians and $7 trillion in the Middle East and got what? It hasn't even been a year since we pulled out. And that to me is just, it, it, it seems to, and I know I'm rambling now, it seems too reminiscent of World War One, where you had a lot of guys who, I mean, you can go back and read journals. They're all saying it's the next great adventure. It's the next thing. You know, we're going to go be part of this romantic war. And then they get there and they realize it's hell on earth. We have a bunch of people right now who think that we're fighting the Russian bear and that, and that everyone in Ukraine is a, is a Marvel superhero. You get there very quickly and realize it's limbs and body parts and blood and treasure. And to me, it's, I mean, I know mandates are kind of like the bigger domestic issue, but I'm looking at this and there's no way for this not to escalate. There's no way. Mm -hmm. What does Russia have to lose? Mm -hmm. Exactly. They don't have a damn thing we've to given, lose. We've given them almost no out. I feel that it's a slow process from which the neocons are trying to very slowly make it that Russia feels like they have nothing to lose but uh, advance even further uh, in their in their conquest and their attack, you know, on on Ukraine. And so that's that's the sort of game they're playing right now to try to drum up American public opinion because they know they don't have the support right now for us to be uh, to intervene. But they're going to try to find a set of conditions in which they can get more public support. We got to be. Calling that out, you know, just like Tucker Carlson does and monitoring the situation and being very careful, but really calling out the neocons that are trying to drum up and inflame the public to get more involved. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you're right. You're not giving, you're not giving Putin a single out. You're pushing him into a corner. You're backing him into a corner and treating him like he's a rabid animal. Don't be surprised when he acts like a rabid animal. And to me, that's just, 
that's that kind of eclipses every other issue in the world right now in my mind. But I mean, yeah, I guess does. because there are more, there are things like uh, vaccine mandates. Again, what could someone, um, you know, with Florida and the reports, just to draw an analogy to California right now, a lot of the supply chain crisis is still coming from, uh, you know, truckers not being vaccinated or they have to test everyone in each ship to be uh, that they're vaccinated, what their COVID status is. And that's why, amongst other reasons, we have a lot of ships clogged up at the borders. Could you maybe go into what you're going to do about vaccine mandates uh, to alleviate some of these problems? Absolutely. But if you don't mind, I want to say one more sure. thing about the Ukraine situation. Oh, we can talk about Ukraine for the rest of the episode. I don't care. One, one thing I find, you know, changing our hats from, you know, just looking at it as a national security issue to a political issue, like in the American, uh, it, just in terms of American politics per se, it's really unfortunate that people can't see what's happening. So, you know, Biden's domestic agenda was such a failure, mm-hmm. probably the, the largest uh, amount of failures and severity of failure ever in, in the first year uh, presidency in American history in a very long time, that, you know, they have nothing to gain. They have nothing to lose at this point. And they have a lot to gain from trying to keep the entire conversation politically on Ukraine because they know it's a wedge issue and they know that a lot of the older voters within the Republican Party, a lot of the voters don't understand what's going on and think this is the Cold War, you know, the Reagan Cold War against the evil Russians that they know that they can gain support and divide the Republican Party by getting our interest totally on this more complex and uh, misleading um, foreign issue and not on just the very, very easily demonstrated domestic policy failures when it comes to inflation and COVID tyranny, illegal immigration, the breakdown of the rule of law, rise of crime, all these things that have sort of made it that this was going to be more than 1994, more than 2010, the biggest Republican wipeout ever. And I think it's really, I mean, this is just how I think of the American regime and the media and the Democrat Party is that they've tried to keep the focus on um, Ukraine and trying to basically ratchet up the, the tension with between Ukraine and Russia to serve their domestic policy agenda. You see what I mean? I think this is a really important point that people just kind of miss oh. because it's going to end up getting people to think, well, you know, I'm not happy with where some Republicans are leading us on this moral crisis in Ukraine, et cetera. So maybe I I will be more supportive of Biden. You know what I mean? That kind of thinking is what they're trying to manifest. And I think it's something we need to be really um, concerned with. And we need to be educating our people about what they're trying to do with the Ukraine situation. That's just how I I, I think about that. Uh, but moving back to COVID. Well, well I'll, I'll, no, I was going to say, no, I mean, I, we, sure. but, uh, that's exactly what it is. You have everything failing. Exactly you have 79, seven, not 79, excuse me, 7.9% de- decrease in your purchasing power over the last year. Immigrants coming over the border. You have uh, $1.5 trillion being passed in yet another bill. You have vaccine mandates. You still can't use, uh, you still can't discuss ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine which is the reason why i got permanently banned from youtube yep. you have a complete cartel that's being the dancing around and hiding behind section 230 why would you not want to dust off the yep. communist bear and hey i've done 750 episodes with a flag behind me I'm, 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 not, I'm not shy about loving this country but at the same time man this is a little too convenient it's a little too convenient when the same party that two years ago said that if you call it the China flu, you're a racist and you're a xenophobe if you close the borders. 
are now saying we got to sanction everything Russian. Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space, they just was that, that huge international like space symposium that was named after Yuri Gagarin because it's held on the anniversary of his first orbit. They just removed his name. It's banning everything Russia. It's rattling. It's rattling the sabers. It's it's everything's blue and yellow. Zelensky this, Putin that. He's a Nazi, despite the fact that there are little Nazis in the Azov Battalion in Ukraine. This entire thing is being drawn up because look over here. Don't look at the shit show that is the Biden administration domestically. Big Russian bear. We got to go fight. And I'm again, I'm speaking for myself. I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but. Yep, and it works on a certain segment of the Republican voters who have a historic experience about Russia that's just, it just doesn't, it doesn't apply in today's geopolitical situation and in our domestic situation. And it's a distraction. It's a purposeful distraction. But going back to the COVID stuff, yeah. you asked a great question. What do you do? Uh, you know, I'm going to be very unoriginal here. The two things that we need to do are exactly what Chip, Congressman Chip Roy said on, on uh, Tucker Carlson's show last month which is oversight and in, 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 in defunding. You know, we need to exercise the power of the purse and be willing to shut down and actually defund rogue government agencies that are trying to continue the insane COVID tyranny. And then number two, enormous uptick in scrutiny and oversight of agencies and actors within the country when it comes to COVID tyranny. So that means agencies that are continuing to try to push vaccine mandates, and uh, all the other sort of interventions that disrupted our economy and, and kept people in a paralyzed sort of mental state need to be shut down and defunded. And we need complete oversight. I had dinner with Rand Paul last month, uh, who's endorsed me in my congressional election, and he's going to be calling for a joint commission, uh, a joint committee, that is, between the House and the Senate to investigate the origins of COVID, the lies about uh, what we should have done in response to COVID from the beginning onward, you know, your masks, your lockdowns, all of it, uh, the inefficacy of those things, the lies that were told, um, but back, you know, the origins, how it was created, who funded it, who made money on it, and then total accountability. And, uh, and you know, and, and, and just what they're still doing with COVID, you know, especially in the military. I'm a captain in the Florida Army National Guard. I have a medical exemption, uh, religious exemption for, um, religious exemption for, uh, the COVID vaccine. I think it's ty- tyrannical what they're doing. And uh, they've totally divided and uh, wokeified the military with these insane mandates. So that's one example of the many things we need to take a look at and explore. And, uh, and that also is true of what we need to be doing as a whole in Congress. You know, we I'm going to be a joint, uh, join uh, the Freedom Caucus and be a member of the Freedom Caucus. We need to be willing to stand up and defund these insane federal government mandates and, and things the federal government's doing. We need to shut down the Department of Education. And uh, many of the other agencies that are just uh, used to be useless and a waste of our money, but now are actually totally and completely uh, harmful towards our republic and our freedom. Uh, they're not just a waste of taxpayer funds. They're actually anti-American age, deep state agencies that need to be uh, uh, need a palm to their face. So that's that's sort of in a short snapshot what we need to be doing when we get the Congress, we get the Congress back. There is kind of a there is kind of a, an irony in that they're they're trying to rekindle the cold war fears of a russian bear that don't exist anymore meanwhile completely ignoring the domestic uh, marxist infiltration of the united states that is happening right now that mccarthy could only have ni- had a nightmare about and it is here and it is now ignore one and then drum up the other which doesn't exist anymore um i think another huge thing is is again i've interviewed 
Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, Fareed, Nass, Urso, Merrick, every every major doctor involved with this. Um, and there really is something that kind of gets glossed over a lot, and it's it's what is going to be done retroactively against individuals in the CDC and the FDA who have been shown to be completely captured and not retribution for the sake of retribution, because I, I don't think there's a whole lot there, but you do have to, you do have to prevent it from happening again. And I mean, I've had on Dr. Freed and Dr. Brian Tyson, Dr. Brian Tyson's running for Congress out of California. I mean, they have shown they've treated over 10,000 patients with COVID from 18 to 90 with 100% success rate using ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and they've been uh, in a coordinated manner completely suppressed. There have been, what, 23,000 deaths from the vaccine? That's nothing compared to the number of deaths in the United States that could have been avoided if we are allowed to talk about and use these generic alternative treatments. That's twice the number of deaths the United States took during World War II. This is something that really can't be, hey, we didn't know it was a pandemic, whatever. You know, the race riots of 2020, the whole year was just kind of a wash. No, it, they know this stuff works. I mean, the Biden administration has shut down monoclonal, monoclonal antibody shipments. They know this has happened. I, I don't think that this is, and this isn't my words. These are the physicians I've interviewed. Again, the physicians who you probably recognize from being on Joe Rogan the one saying there has to be a, a war crimes trial or a Nuremberg trial. And I and this isn't, I'm not just throwing this on you. I, I bring this up to every, uh, uh, every candidate I interview. What are your thoughts on that? That, that has to be addressed. I can't, I can't not address that in these conversations with candidates such as yourself. I think that's exactly right. I think we need a full commission that goes in through all of that. And listen, retribution will play a role. I mean, Fauci obviously perjured himself. He mm-hmm. perjured himself with Rand Paul. He needs to be prosecuted. That's not some flamboyant rhetorical gesture. That is straight up. He needs to be prosecuted because he perjured himself in front of Congress, which doesn't always happen. But when it does, it needs to be swiftly dealt with. So there are some retributive, you know, uh, things that need to happen. But the truth of the matter is, we need to know what happened, why it happened, who gained, and who lied for profit, and who gained from it. And with that said, only a few more minutes. So I sure. would say that we need a similar commission. We have a sim- We need a similar commission that studies what happened the last 20 years with these foreign wars in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. Once again, I'm going to be on original here. My good friend, uh, Joe Kent, running for um, United States Congress in Washington's third on the West Coast. I'm way down in central Florida. He's way out there. But uh, we have a lot of similarities between our campaign. We need an exploratory committee that asks questions down to the most detailed of details, uh, similar to the Tower uh, Committee back in the 1970s that looked at military intelligence and look at how these wars were planned, why, why there was no strategy to victory and why nobody said anything. Nobody was willing to publicly say anything in the context of the political military establishment and speak out against the failed strategies and why there was no end in sight. And the pipeline between the generals who went to Raytheon and all these other military contractors coming straight out of the military and had something to gain. Once again, is it to try to sting one or two of them who did something wrong? Maybe, maybe there's some people who did a few things that are really wrong, uh, like Fauci did and actually did perjure themselves. But more likely, we need to learn from the past. 
which we do not do as a Congress. We don't do uh, that often. So we need to we need to really have a good exploratory committee that garners knowledge from the failed foreign wars of the last 20 years and get real about creating a climate where the only time we're ever going to be engaged in war is for a serious national security threat type purpose. And we have a victory, a strategy to victory. Yeah. And I would say on that note, uh, two books for anybody listening or yourself that are interested. I've interviewed both those authors. Base Nation by David Vine, all about the war construction contracts around the world. And The Generals Have No Clothes by Will Arkin about how the very reason we end up in these things is just because we've defined everything as national security. And that's why this stuff can perpetuate. That's also the monster of all monsters, the military industrial complex, which, hell yeah, man, go after it. And, um, Congratulations. Very few candidates can. Very few people can. You can tell when I get jacked up during an interview because my face starts to turn blood red as my Irish Catholic skin will give away. Um, Mr. Sabatini, thank you so much, sir. You're always welcome back on here. I wish you the best of luck. I'll put the links to your website where people can donate, where they can find you, to your social media. I'll put that all in the description. And just give me one second.